Today on Living Truth Radio, Pastor Michael Lance is in Genesis chapter 47 with part two of Blessing in Egypt. In today's message, Pharaoh's dream comes to pass and we see Joseph step up to keep the land afloat during some devastating times. He had been blessed in every uh, way. Arcan- he says Joseph's virtually boundless favor was extended to Jacob's family. Unbelievably, in addition to keeping his initial promise of the best of the land, you can write down 4518, Pharaoh even offered the brothers employment as superintendents of the royal cattle. So things were going well. And then next, in this formal presentation, Joseph brought his father, Jacob, and presented him to Pharaoh. Now the brothers, you know, Pharaoh initiated, right? What's your occupation? Nice to meet your brothers. But notice now that the aged Jacob or Israel comes in. He's presented to Pharaoh in some formal way. And notice what happens next. You would expect that maybe now, and this is kind of interesting to think about. You have the leader of Egypt, the Pharaoh, meeting the leader of Israel, Jacob. This is quite an interesting moment when you think about the implications of what this means and even the future history of these two countries. And it is Jacob who takes the lead. And you might be surprised, but before the Pharaoh, by the way, the Pharaoh was thought to be a god. They thought he was a god-man in some sense. They said he was the incarnate son of Ra, the sun god. So they put a very high you know, position upon him. But it is Jacob who takes the lead, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. See that word blessed there in your Bible? That word blessed is an interesting word because it's a word that means to invoke the favor of God upon someone. Now, we know that uh, we say God bless you for a number of reasons. Often when we sneeze, we say to somebody, God bless you. How many of you sneeze in threes or fours? Anybody? All right. Multiple people. So we wait till you're done because you're, pshoo, pshoo, pshoo. <laughs> right. Right? We don't want us to try to fit in a God bless you every time, you know. I don't even know what the origin of that is. I've heard some people say that they say when you sneeze, you lose, what is it? A, your heart stops. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good reason. <laughs> May your heart start again. God bless you, right? Are you, are you troubled sometimes when people don't say it when you sneeze? Okay. You sneeze and you're like... <laughs> What do you want, my heart to stop? <laughs> What's wrong with you people? But, w- but that's almost said is, that's a cultural thing almost, you know? How about, how about, when are the other times you say God bless you to people? You might uh, send them a text and you say, now we have emojis for everything. Is that what they're called, emojis? <laughs> is it the prayer hands now? You don't even need to spell it out anymore. I'd, I'd be really careful with that. But anyway, <laughs> I heard a Bible's coming out. Did you guys hear that? The emoji Bible. The emoji Bible. I don't even know what to say about that, so I'll just leave that alone. But Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Now, I'm, I'm going to assume for the moment that Pharaoh is a pagan ruler, especially if he's thought to be the embodiment of the sun god Ra. Why in the world would Jacob bless this man? Do you know that if you really mean what you say, when you say God bless you to somebody, do you know that 
That shouldn't be just taken lightly. In fact, you should never use God's name lightly. Never. So if you're going to say God bless you to somebody, you know, that really has more power than you might think. Because you're invoking the name of the true God of the Bible upon someone. And I think when you're doing it with that good intention, it's wonderful to ask God to bless somebody. And I don't think that it just applies to non-Christians, by the, or to Christians, but I think it can apply to non-Christians. In fact, Paul says, when you're persecuted, you should what? Bless. Well, how, do you, how do you bless someone when you're being persecuted? These are some of the toughest verses in the Bible. Read Romans 12 again, and you'll see some very challenging information where it says that when you're persecuted, you should bless. I don't know about you, but I find it very hard when being persecuted to say, oh, God bless you, sir, ma'am. I told a story, it wasn't um, probably that long ago, but some of you may not have heard it. I did a memorial service for a fire chief that had passed away, and we're in a very uh, extravagant um, sanctuary. We're at a mortuary, and people were coming back by the casket, and they were paying respects. And you know, oftentimes as a pastor, you'll hear nice, nice message, pastor. Thank you for being here, pastor. We appreciate it. But this little old man came by me, and he said. Uh, I just want to let you know, I didn't come here to hear your Sunday sermon. I came here to hear about my friend here. I didn't come here. If I wanted to hear your Sunday sermon, we're standing by the casket, by the way. There's a bunch of people lined up. If I wanted to hear your Sunday sermon, I would come to church, but I didn't hear <laughs> That's pretty much how it sounded at the end. <laughs> and somehow, out of my mouth came, well, God bless you, sir. I have no idea where that came from. Have you ever had that happen to you? You're like, Lord, thank you, because I don't even know where that came from. But it came from heaven. Thank you, Lord. Some would say that what the blessing of Jacob would be something like this. Long live the king in the ancient world. That certainly was something that Uh, people would do, long live the king, maybe just wishing him a long life. But I'll tell you what, in Hebrew culture, that's not the idea of blessing. If you're going to bless someone, you would invoke the name of the living God, and you wouldn't do it lightly. When Jesus was ascending in Luke 24, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. The word for bless in uh, Greek is eulageo. It's where we get the idea of eulogize or a eulogy. And when you bless someone and you do a eulogy at a memorial service, what you're doing is you're speaking well of them. And so to bless is to want the best. You might want to write that down if you're a note taker. To bless, you want the best for somebody. And sometimes it's hard to pray that. It's easy to pray blessings on loved ones, but it's hard when you might struggle with, with what somebody believes or how they act. Blessed in Hebrew is Barak. It's translated into English as B-A-R-A-K or B-E-R-A-C-H. It literally means the sun covered. It speaks of an open hand to cover. The word means to bend the knees, to kneel down. You can think of a son or a daughter who kneels before a patriarch and that patriarch lays the hand on that 
child or grandchild and you give a blessing. In Hebrew culture, this is what patriarchs did, especially if they thought they were dying. They would call the family in and they would extend hands to bless children and grandchildren and sometimes prophesy over them. In fact, in the next chapter, we're gonna see Jacob uh, do this very thing before he dies. The high priest Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them, Leviticus 9.22. Hebrews 7.7 is an interesting verse because it says, without dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater, Hebrews 7.7, without dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater, context is Abram gets blessed by Melchizedek. Some people believe that Melchizedek is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Some people say that he is a Christ-type figure, like a like in type or shadow, but not. But he was literally a king of that time, and uh, I don't think it matters for this discussion. But here's what we do know: we know that the lesser is always blessed by the greater. And so it's kind of interesting to think about with all the pomp and circumstance and gold and alabaster cups and fans and grapes and servants that it is the old aged patriarch that blesses the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh doesn't seem to take exception to it. He doesn't seem to argue with it. And Jacob gives the blessing. And I guess one of the things I would just say that's pretty obvious is The only way you can give a blessing is if you have one to give. I don't know what Pharaoh could offer Jacob other than some pragmatic things which he had done. He had sent wagons, grain. He had given him traveling uh, mercies, certainly. He had given him a place in the land of Egypt. In fact, he's just extended the best of the land. Certainly, there's been practical blessings that you'd say. But, But Pharaoh had really nothing to offer Jacob, spiritually speaking. The one who had something to offer was Jacob to the Pharaoh. And here's my question for you tonight. Here's an application. What do you have to give tonight to those around you in the world? If you're going to give a blessing, the only way you can truly give a blessing to someone is to tell them the good news about the one who is the blesser or the blessed. Amen? The only way you can truly extend a blessing is if you have one to give. If you know God, if you know the power of the gospel and the power of the risen Lord and he's in your life. And one of the reasons why we fail sometimes to give blessings is because we're not staying close enough to the Lord. I was listening to Robert Jeffers this morning and he was talking about some basics in the Christian life. He said, look, if you are feeling like carnality is getting the best of you right now and you feel like you're in compromise and carnality, here's a very simple recipe. Please listen if this applies to you. He said, change your diet and start to exercise. And he wasn't talking about physical things, although the parallels are true. You change your diet, you change what you eat. If you haven't been reading your Bible, start reading it again. And then Robert Jeffers said something surprising. He said, you know what? I eat broccoli at every meal. Like every meal? Every meal. I don't know why he does that. I think broccoli every other day is probably sufficient. Would you not agree? But anyway, I don't know if his doctor recommended it. Broccoli at every meal. And he said, look, I don't like broccoli. I eat it because it's good for me. He said, and even over the years of eating it, I haven't even acquired a taste for broccoli. But he said, I've noticed something about the word of God. 
The more I take it in, the sweeter it becomes. You are listening to Living Truth Radio with Pastor Michael Lance. I'm Mike Massaro, and I know what you're thinking. Wait, why are you interrupting Pastor Michael's sermon? Well, I have a good reason. Since Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported program, it relies on donations from people just like you to stay on the air. Trust me, you can't always assume that someone else is going to be the one doing the donating. So if God has blessed you through our ministry, we'd encourage you to go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the donate button. Let's face it, the way the world's going these days, we need all the solid teaching we can get. So partner with us today. That's livingtruthradio.org. Now, back to Pastor Michael. And then he said something else. He said, look, exercise, diet and exercise. He said, look, when you, when you, when you are going to exercise, sometimes when it comes to diet and exercise, here's, here's our, our kind of response to these types of things. We say, I don't, do you hear it coming, folks? I don't feel like it. <laughs> you know how many things I do during the week that I don't feel like doing? Every time my body hears that I'm thinking about exercise, I, th- I hear things, voices from within saying, no, what are you thinking? Your knees hurt. You're old. <laughs> but you know what happens? Every time I start to exercise, I start to feel good because endorphins start happening and stuff. And the difference between a very poor meal, like when I get hungry, I have to confess, burritos always sound really good to me. So do double cheeseburgers and stacks of pancakes and pizza and pasta. And anybody hungry out there? All right, I'll stop. <laughs> but... If I go and get a smoothie or eat a salad, I, here's what happens. I feel much better. Now, when I'm eating the burrito, it usually feels better than the salad, but the, but the after effects are positive in healthy eating and exercise. Here's, here's an application. If you don't exercise your spiritual gifts, I want you to think about exercise now with spiritual gifts. If you're not serving it's quite easy to go towards carnality. You've got to read your Bible and serve because serving gives you a reason to stay accountable, a reason to really be here. You should come here because you want to be fed, no doubt, but you should come here to serve as well. Amen? So if you're serving in some capacity, it keeps you more accountable and you're exercising your spiritual gift. And by the way, A lot of the English translations of the Bible say that very thing about spiritual gifts. It says, if you have a gift, exercise it. 1 Timothy 4.14 says, don't neglect your spiritual gift. You neglect exercise, you get flabby and sometimes a little overweight. But if you eat right and exercise, you're usually gonna stay in the right shape. And how much more spiritually, folks, if you do nothing You're going to have nothing to give. All it takes to drift is to do nothing. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, talks about people who drift. And the illustration has been given before, but I've been out on the water at Newport Beach before and sitting on a surfboard. I'm really good at sitting on them now. (laughs) Just just try to look cool. 
I didn't realize how hard paddling was until I didn't surf for 20 years. And then I, <laughs> I went into the, so my wife and I got a beach house several years ago. And I go, I think I'm going to surf. So I went into one of those little rental shops and I picked out a surfboard and she, and she goes, she goes, you want that one? <laughs> and she started laughing at me. And I said, well, what's wrong with that? It's a surfboard. But she was like, <laughs> well, okay. Anyway. So I went out there, and I didn't realize how much work it, you know, you just have these delusions of grandeur, like, I'm going to catch a wave. I'll be sitting on top of the world. <laughs> You're singing the songs and everything. And then you get out on the water. Oh, man, just the waves are like, you know, half a foot. <laughs> and But then, have you ever noticed you look back and, okay, let's say it's Tower 32, and then you kind of focus on the water, you're looking for fins <laughs> for a while, and then you look back and you've drifted a long way, and you're like, I got a paddle Either that or I got to catch one of these things, but I'm not sure how to do anymore. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Jesus said, it's all right, I understand. Freely you have received, freely give, Matthew 10, 8. In Acts 3, there's the uh, lame beggar at the beautiful gate begging for alms. Peter says, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Jesus went about doing good. Paul, quoting Jesus, said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. In 1 Peter 3, 9, Peter says, don't return evil for evil or insult for insult, but give a blessing instead. 1 Peter 3, 9. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit the blessing. We are blessed people. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we are supposed to give the blessing even to those that we struggle with. But if you have not invested in your spiritual life, you have very little to give and you're not gonna be apt to be as bold or to speak the word or to get engaged with your spiritual gifts. But Jacob had a blessing to give and I think partly because Jacob was certainly... Um, overwhelmed by how God, how good God had been to him. Lifting up his hands, says one writer, at the full height of his stature without one preliminary word of salutation or gesture of compliment to the king, the old man pours out his soul in prayer, asking God's blessing on the royal head and in God's name pronouncing the customary blessing of Abraham's house and seed. What did he say? What did he pray? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. This would come out later in the book of Numbers. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Did he pray that? Look at the next chapter. Look at chapter 48. Look at verse 14. As Israel is now getting ready to die, and he would live another 17 years as we learn, Israel, 48, 14, stretched out his hand. 48, 14. He stretched out his, hand, his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, his left hand on Manasseh's head. These are Joseph's sons. Crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. 
And he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. And may my name live on in them and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. And may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. What did he say to Pharaoh? I think we have a pretty good idea, don't we? I think he called, I think he invoked, I think he called upon the name of the living God and I think he prayed over the Pharaoh. And I wonder what kind of boldness we would have. I think if we, would we be dazzled by the gold and the alabaster cups and the servants or would we say, this man is just a man. That's all he is. He may be called the Pharaoh, but he's just a man and he needs the living God just like anybody else does, amen? See, we Christians we should be a little bit more bold. We should not be impressed with the world. Let me ask you, what can the world really give us? Do you know in Isaiah chapter 19, and you can just write this down for your notes, don't have time to go there. Isaiah chapter 19, uh, God calls Egypt my people. Some people think that that's day of the Lord, last day stuff, but there's some evidence that throughout the history of Egypt, there was a turning to monotheism, to the one God, even though a lot of them did not want to admit it, that there was something happened in the land of Egypt. Could it be, could it go back to a time when a man named Jacob or Israel blessed the Pharaoh? Could it be the influence of Joseph in the land of Egypt, could it be that your company would change, your, your family would change, your community would change if you just would say, Lord, use me here? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make false distinctions between Sunday and Wednesday afternoon or wherever I am. Use me. The Pharaoh said to Jacob, <laughs> to Jacob, <laughs> Jacob, Yaakov, verse eight, he said, how old are you, dude? That's a loose translation, but he said, how many years have you lived? Now, sometimes what would happen in these cultures is that the older would autom automatically bless the younger. Maybe that's part of the reason why Pharaoh acquiesced. But Jacob said to Pharaoh, the years of my sojourning, New King James NIV pilgrimage, are 130, I'm 130 years old. By the way, the Egyptians, in the Egyptian literature, they said the ideal old age was 110. How many of you are hoping that that would be the ideal old age, 110? Well, anyway, he's 130, but notice what he says. He says, the, the, the 130 years have been few and unpleasant. <laughs> the NIV says, few and difficult. Even though uh, God's done incredible things in Jacob's life, he still, he still kind of captures his life as few years and unpleasant years. He didn't, he, he didn't know how long he was gonna live, but he didn't think he was gonna make it to the years of Abraham and Isaac. These have been difficult days, nor have they attained the years of my fathers lived during the days of sojourning. Jacob describes himself as a pilgrim passing through, and he says, my days have been difficult. Think about his difficult days. He ran from his brother Esau, ran to Haran. He had to deal with Uncle Laban, and Uncle Laban lied to him and ripped him off, and that was a hard 20 years. He had his, pain, his share of pain and difficulty, and he was often a wanderer. He uh, had to flee Mesopotamia, deal with the, Laban's deception. His daughter Dinah was raped. His two sons ended, ended up killing every male that was connected with the perpetrator. 
He lost his beloved Rachel as she gave birth to Benjamin. Um, he thought he had lost his eldest son, Joseph, probably his favorite. So many things that went on in his life. But he described himself as a pilgrim. And even if your life's been difficult, look, the best is still yet to come. Amen. So he, he had had tough times, but he, he said, look, I'm still gonna give the blessing, and this is verse 10, Jacob, double blessing. Now he blessed Pharaoh and he went out of his presence. They, he shared, they went back and forth, and Jacob gave the blessing. And so Joseph settled, verse 11, his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses. This is the, uh, the land of Ramses is the later name for the area of Goshen. Ramses is the name that's used for the Pharaoh in that famous film I mentioned earlier, as Pharaoh had ordered. And Joseph provided his father, verse 12, and his brothers, all his father's household with food, according to their little ones, however many was in the house. There was no food in all the land because the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought, and Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh had to be a pretty happy camper with Joseph. You know, look at how God's moving. Look at how he gave Joseph his dreams. He gave the baker and the cupbearer dreams. Uh, he gave the Pharaoh dreams. These dreams are coming to fruition. And what does that say to you? I'm going to throw it back at you, Oscar, about you know, God's overarching power in our lives, sovereignty in our lives. Well, when I look back upon my life, I see how God has kept me, how good he's been, and how faithful he's been to promises that he, in my own intimate way with him, that he assured me was going to happen. And not just that, but also in how other people have been affected, my family and other friends, through my knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ and how it affects them and how they've also gained that relationship also. Oscar, you and I go back quite a ways. We, we met, then we started doing ministry together, then we started doing radio together. You reminded me in <laughs> 2008. So we're a little older, a little grayer, um, but God has been faithful to use two guys like us that we would say all by his grace, right? Amen. Um, and, and our lives are really a story of grace. And I think that's Jacob's life too. And for you, my friend, those of you who are listening right now, if you know Christ, your life is a story of grace. In fact, Ephesians teaches that we're trophies of his grace. And it's all about grace. And I'm so grateful that the Lord's worked Oscar in our lives. I pray for our listening audience that they would experience that grace and that hope because we know Jacob's story was not without bumps and bruises, right? Oh, yes, it's all ours. A lot of pain, a lot of struggles, a lot of question marks. But in the end, God brought it all together for good, as we'll see at the end of the book of Genesis. So my dear friend, my, my brother, sister, saint in the Lord, hang on. Don't lose hope. Don't give up because God will see you through. We thank you so much for listening to Living Truth Radio. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. 
You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.